Hello and welcome to the Better the Bookshelf podcast, episode 63. In this episode, we are talking about Tell Me I'm Worthless by Allison Rumfit. I am Ryan, and with me is my good buddy and fellow host, Rich. Hello, everybody. Hello, indeed. Um, I feel like we should uh, we should add like a, a little um, like a warning tag to this episode because I'm still dealing with a cold. I don't know if you're feeling better today. I am still dealing with a cold okay. too. So we sound um, maybe a little bit like uh, like we're muffled under a blanket, and there might be some uh, weird sniffles or coughs or. Oh, definitely some sniffles. Yeah. I'm also drinking some medicinal whiskey, doctor's orders. Same. So, um, yeah. Um, cheers. I'm, yeah, cheers. Uh, yeah. So, we have uh, we got an interesting read to, to talk about. Um, this is yeah. going to be a pretty standard episode. We'll talk a little bit about Rumfit. Uh, we will give you a summary of the book, and then we will get straight into it and see what weird tangents we can get on. Let's fucking do it. Let's, Let's do get it. it on. So, uh, Alison Rumfit is so new, she doesn't even have her own Wikipedia page. I couldn't find a lot of uh, stuff to read about her. So, I am just going to read straight from Macmillan's website, uh, her about the author bio. And it says, Alison Rumfit is a writer and semi-professional trans woman. Her debut pamphlet, pamphlet of poetry... The Tyranny, spelled cleverly, uh, was a critical deconstruction of Margaret Atwood's work through the lens of a trans woman navigating her own misogynistic dystopia. It was published by Zarf Editions in 2019. Tell Me I'm Worthless is her debut novel. Her work has appeared in countless publications such as Sporazine, Data Bleed, The Final Girl's Burning House Pressed, uh, sl- I'm slurring my words, Soft Cartel, Glass Poetry. It's early, too. I know, I know. I can't even, <laughs> can't even get the S's out. Uh, <laughs> her uh, poetry was nominated twice um, for the Risling Award in 2018, and she loves her friends, which I find particularly a um, lovely way to end that bio. So... That's about as uh, much info as I could find on our friend Allison. So, could you put together a crafty, crafty summary of this book for us? I can put together a little summary. Yeah, so, this is a haunted house story uh, through the lens of the trans experience in a unrelentingly grey and miserable modern day. That's 2022, for those of you listening in the future. Uh, modern day Britain. Um, I think... There is more to say, but we will get into that as we go through the book now. Yes. Um, man, where the fuck to start? Like, I'm just going to come out of the gates with, uh, with the F-bomb. <sighs> okay. I've got a little bit of info that I think might be worth talking about here. So I okay. read some of in, some like a few interviews with her, and I read a little bit about it. And this is, I, I say this is more novella than novel, and... Uh, from reading around it, I learned that this was a short story okay. that was extended out to this sort of novella novel length. And okay. I think that that really shows. Um, there is a... <laughs> uh, it's like a reverse pearl, you know? There is a tiny little 
thing that is good and around it is grit because um this is a book that is not particularly interesting in my opinion like the there's a few moments in it that are really good yeah really well written and i think that the there's a early on there's a moment we, we let's just fucking get right into it let's early on it. there's a moment where morrissey is uh, allegedly morrissey he's never he's never named as morrissey but he's definitely morrissey yeah He's coming out of a poster on her wall and haunting her in her bedroom. Yep. And that, I think, is effective and funny and dark and kind of ironic. Um, And it's sort of like a, you know, it's got that like metatextual analysis of what's happening. Yeah. And then the rest of the book tries to build on that and fucking hell. Fucking hell! I, I mean, you know, speak for yourself, man. But uh, I, I regret using Twitter to find this book. I made a mistake, and I'm willing to own up to that. Um, no, it's, I think it's okay. Uh, I mean, I've I've definitely encountered worse on this podcast. Um, I mean, Fifty Shades was was worse writing, um, for sure. And I mean, that's a that was a commercially viable novel. Um, I think, yeah, what you said about this being a short story that was extended makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, what I struggled with the most is that the the interesting, like, trans, like, experience um, that was tried, that, that was, like, interwoven throughout this dominated for me the the supposed like haunting stuff like they they always felt like they were in opposition these two sort of plot lines and they never really reached um yeah like harmony in a way like it just felt so disparate um and and forced as as we were going through the book and really until the until the scenes we get um in the house itself, I mean, I wasn't even sure what I was reading um, was was really horror other than, yeah, the, the Morrissey piece. So I think for me, like, there, these two things just didn't fit well the way that this story was constructed, even though I found yeah. them uniquely interesting um, in their own ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think that, the, you know, there's a, probably an interesting story about, um, God, do you know what, I didn't, I, I I really didn't enjoy this book, so I didn't really make any notes, Yeah. Uh, so I've forgotten their names, it's uh, uh, Isla, yep. and what's the other one? Alice. Claire? No, Alice, there we and go. And Hannah is the, is the other, the yeah, third friend. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, so uh, Alice and Isla are both absolute pieces of shit, and yep. I can, like, I can take a character like a male character who's not a nice person or anything like that like i actually quite like that in a book yeah you know i kind of look for that but the thing is that i also want those people to be interesting and to provide like interesting points of view and i didn't really find that here and what i found too was there's 
Alice, who's the trans character, and then there's Isla, who is um, the gender-critical character. Yeah. And in the gender-critical stuff, the authorial voice creeps in again and again and again. Yes. Like, so invasively that, you know, if you're going to write a gender-critical character, then write them, you know? Like, give them... If you disagree with what they're saying, then like strongman their arguments and go against it. And I just never felt like that happened. All of her stuff just seemed oh, just 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 bad. Yeah, just bad. Well, it yeah. it was it was actually I was so confused by Isla's character um, in the in the onset of this novel because one like I I I don't I didn't wasn't familiar with the term turf right like. That, oh, really? Yeah, no, that's not something. This is not my. This this is not something I'm like well exposed to, um, okay. and and so it's something that I'm actively learning about. I've I've had trans students um, here at our boarding school, and and so this is something that I've intentionally um, tried to learn a lot more about the the last few years. But you know, there's there's a whole other side to to this and terminology that I just. I don't possess. So okay. coming in with, with that naivety and um, seeing the, the acronyms, not knowing, and then experiencing Isla's character, it also was not evident to me that she was like a gender critical, like character um, up until probably the midway point through the novel. <laughs> That's how poorly like constructed. I think that that whole thing was. Um, and, and so then I, there was a moment, um, I think it was when, uh, there was like the flashback scene, um, when Isla was, uh, at her parents' house and her dad was trying to talk to her about, uh, an appearance she made on the BBC or something. And then it clicked for me and then it was clear. And I was like, what the fuck? I've been misunderstanding this character the whole time. I made, I made an assumption about her based on her. Um, relationship with Alice and then like then I was like Jesus Christ what have I done and then I had to sit and just like think about this for a minute like is this a me problem or is this a book problem and it's a combination of the two um I, yeah because but... I think very early on she speaks as yeah, yeah. a like gender critical thing and there's like there's people outside I suppose if you don't understand the term or if you hadn't come across the term turf before then yeah I wonder if it no maybe, it, it didn't make any sense. sense I was, was confused why she was avoiding the crowd um her th- uh, even the story that she told in that moment um like to to me I read that as just like I was I was sexually assaulted and this is this is also a trans issue right, I even right, thought right, that right. she was trans because of the description of her going to the bathroom before that old lady came in um and and the the way that that she described her peeing to me like I I was so confused about Isla's character until that moment where she was with her parents and then like my whole brain okay. unraveled and then like came back together and I was like oh fuck like <laughs> I've yeah but that's I like I don't I I don't feel like it's my responsibility in a book to like to have to have all of this this background information and to make it make sense like characters should be written clearly um and I'm not an idiot like I mean I feel I, f- I feel like I might be sometimes but I'm I'm not all the time an idiot 
and to go so long into this book and be so confused like they, it's not my fault I wonder how much of it is that it's sort of set in Britain with British characters and but like there's um I, I I wouldn't say that I'm heavily involved in this but you know I am uh r- relatively online so i suppose like I, I come across this stuff because it's part of like the culture war stuff that you just can't avoid wherever you sure so, yeah for example i know that like britain is considered some some people online will call britain turf island because okay. we have a lot of gender critical feminists like we have a lot of second wave feminists like yeah. julie bindle people like that okay. third wave feminists like who are uh making the case for female only spaces and who are as turf says trans exclusionary yeah um and so i i it was very clear to me from the get-go what this was about um with isla and particularly so that that bit that we're talking about where she does the speech at the the meeting where there's all the people outside and the police are trying to hold them back and they're banging on the windows etc there's a bit in that where um, it's like she goes to the toilet and yeah. she doesn't know that the person who's like a trans spy yeah. is in there taking a shit. I say trans spy, yeah, that makes yeah. it sound worse than it is. But it's like someone who's in there, who's infiltrated the gender critical conference yeah. and is in there giving information to the people outside. Um yeah, there's like a trans person in the th- the stall next to her right, taking yep. shit, and the author takes like great pleasure in pointing that out to us, as though somehow her not knowing that the person in the stall next to her taking a shit is a trans person is some kind of like I, I, I don't know, some kind of win yeah, or something. Yeah. I, it was it was so fucking weird that I I I was like, okay, wait, I'm just going to reread this because do I understand what's happening here? And then I reread it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. And this is just fucking mental. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to think about this character because they don't know that? Like, that their views are totally unvalid. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, by the same Very token, I, I think there there were a lot. There was a lot of self indulgent language throughout this book. Oh, and, and mama, there's a lot of self indulgent writing yeah. through this whole thing. I mean, like, it's just I, I could point out times where. Um, I, I read this on Kindle because it was the only way I could I could get the same. Actually, I couldn't yeah. get the um, paper copy in time. Um, well, I couldn't even order it here in Switzerland. Um, it hadn't uh, it hadn't even come out yet. But um, the, the where they're going through the house, like she she's describing like um, the stuff on the walls and. The way that she like uses language, um, and she does this repeatedly. Um, Hannah passed dicks spewing cum out, out out from their tips. Dicks poking into assholes and cunts. Dicks uh, going into mouths. Dicks going into the bodies of girls. Girls with X's over their eyes. Blah 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on. And and what while there's a place for this, it also just sort of felt like a teenager, just like. Oh, I can say dick for the sake of saying dick. Could not agree more. It is a hundred percent like it's it's juvenile in its uh ple- in the pleasure that it takes in saying. It, what happens is that this this writer thinks that they're being transgressive. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. By talking about dicks and piss and blood and stuff. And they are not being transgressive. They're, they're just... It, it's boring. That's the worst thing I can say about it, is that there are so many points in this book where I was bored. And, and actually, for the first time since we've been doing this... I, you know, I, I've struggled to read some of the other books for different reasons, but I, I could have not finished this. But if we weren't doing this podcast, I wouldn't have finished it because I found the end so deeply, deeply boring. Yeah. Like, and I think that you, you hit the nail on the head. This to me reads like the writing of a 16 or 18 year old like a first year university student who's trying to shock yep. and isn't doing a particularly good job of it doesn't really know what transgressive writing is because you know there is there's amazing transgressive stuff out there there's stuff that really f- fucks with people right and this isn't it right and it's just oh fucking hell it is tiresome yeah. to get through and there's a lot of stuff. I think the stuff about uh, in someone else's hands, the stuff about this haunted house that has within it like the seed of fascism Fucking in England, hell. could be really clever and really well done. But it is not in this. It's just very badly done. Yeah, and like, well, it's too on the nose. Oh, it's so on the nose. It's just so unrelenting. All this stuff about, like, oh, the Nazis didn't need to win. We don't need to wonder what it's like if the Nazis won because they did win. Right. And Churchill's being raped on a fucking... Strung up on a tree, yeah. Or whatever. Like, oh, my days. Fuck off. The the part where I almost put this down was when um, Alice was... I, I think it was a flashback... And she was uh, reading the the post um, that she found somewhere on the dark web um, th- that was about okay, so her. I'm going to be completely honest. I read as much of that as I could, and then I skipped it because no, I did this. I did the same thing, and and I I, I, I flipped, I flipped, I flipped, I flipped. It kept going, it kept going, it kept going, oh, yeah. and I started skimming it, and I was like, "What the fuck is this in here for?" Like. Yeah. Why are there pages of of this this ridiculous stuff? Like we get the point within a paragraph, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like yeah. what what narrative purpose does this serve to continue on along this way, other than self indulgence? Like that's what I just it, keep it coming happens, back to with this book. It, it like, happens several times in the book. There are these long drawn out passages about fascism about little britain about gray sad britain all transphobic all full of hate this kind of stuff and yeah. it just uh, do you know what it's probably some like it's probably a point of view that i have some mild sympathy for i do think that like britain's in one of our periodic kind of turns to the right wing and i yeah. hope that we're coming out of that as things move forward but um it's it's just so difficult to see it done so badly. Yeah, like, I've lost my train of thought because it, it it really does annoy me. Like I I think there's so much stuff in it. Like also there's there's moments in the book where I think again like in a 
defter hand, done differently. Like the Red Room, Yeah, the bit where we're reading about the guy taking these women into his room and his wife. Super cool. That's actually, that's great. And like when the door cracks open and the red comes out, I think, you know, there's something a little bit like David Lynchy doing pigs about it. But still, it's very effective. You know, the door cracks open, there's this other place. Yep, there you go. Ryan just held up to him. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know, it is. It, the, 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 I think the most frustrating thing about the book, quite honestly, is that I think that this author can write. I really do. I think that they have something. And there are images in the book that I think are good. There are ideas in the book that I think are good. And what they've done is just chuffed out a turd, basically. They've they've written something shit and yeah. they could have written something better. Yeah. Um, because when you see these pieces of writing where they've, I don't want to say made an effort, but perhaps like toned down their desire to shock. Yeah. Like it's really effective, you know? Um, and then there's, there's like the rest of the book. And and in terms of the character, like uh, the, sorry, the characters, <sighs> Just again and again, you're like, who the fuck are these people? Like, They're Hannah flat. Is yeah. the, I, I realise that Hannah is the character I have the most sympathy for, and it's because we don't really know anything about her. And <laughs> that made it easy for me to be like, oh, Hannah, I I, I basically hate you the least out yeah, of all these yeah. characters. You know, I, the, the bit where she turned into a swastika? Yeah. That's, that is unfortunately quite comedic. I- I, you know, it's supposed to be this moment of like, oh, fascism in the heart of Little England. And yeah. instead, I was like, oh, oh, Hannah, rough go. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. But then even that was was too drawn out because then, you know, you get the description of this um, the first time they're in the room when they attack each other. Then when there's sort of this resurgence uh when you go when they went back into the room the second time then she just has to describe the 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 swastika again and say like she you know shit herself and pissed herself for years on end and and it was just like just come on like the, the i don't even know what to call that like the it's not gruesome it's just gross it's not grotesque but she just leans so much into that that type of imagery and language that like I don't find that particularly effective or interesting. Um, no, it's, and, it's only shocking once, right? Yeah, like, that's it. That's it. You give me you give me that image once, and you've you've done your job, right? You give me fifteen pages of of that kind of stuff, and I'm not interested anymore. I agree, and also like if you just keep hitting the same metaphors the same images like it's just it just grinds you down yeah and I, I don't know like it, <laughs> a part of me wants to be like yeah maybe that's the intention but if that's the intention then it it doesn't work because it made me hate your book um like it was just yeah it's just shit and 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 then i think again like i don't have that much to say about this book so i'm just gonna spill it all out because i found the ending in particular like the the fact that they go back into the house um you know great i wanted to see like confrontation i wanted to see how it all panned out 
um, what we got instead is like Hannah, this non-character who hasn't really done anything wrong or right or anything. Sure. Like, she has this horrific, horrific ending where yeah. she's like absorbed into this house of horrors. Yep. Turned into a swastika, turned inside out, dies horribly. And the, the, there's only one, because that, you know, the book does at its, and it doesn't necessarily do this well, but it does play a little bit with like our perspectives on things. So for example, when they're in the red room, both of them think that the other one has done something horrific to them. Yes. And there is one line later in the book that says, maybe Hannah died of a drug overdose and we just buried her in the house or something like that. Right. You know? And I was like, okay, you know, like, I, I like, if that had been made more of, I would have kind of liked it. There could have been some ambiguity there. Sure, sure. But... But what you actually get then is that they go into the house, they basically have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> they come yeah. out of the house and they love one another, so that's good enough. So they move in together and they like live in together. And then um Isla, the gender critical anti trans character, turns out to be a trans in the biggest whoopee cushion exposure <laughs> ever. Like what a wet fart of a plot point. Like Ugh, yeah, that is terrible. And then they they die because some kid goes on to future four chan, right? Um, and blows up a, a a pride parade. Um, or maybe they don't die. It's not even clear. It's not even clear. Yeah, but I will um, say this. I will say this. That very that that last scene of them crawling to each other, I thought was one of the better scenes in the book ignore how we got there who's there whatever uh i i thought that was particularly powerful um so i'll I'll say this to what you said there is yes by the time i got to that point i might have been able to recognize that as good writing but i just didn't give a shit i Mm. just wanted it to end and i like was that one of the better points? Like, was that one of the better points of the book? Was that better written than other places? I don't yes. know because I yes. just didn't give a shit. Yeah. Like I wanted it to end and I wanted it to be over. Yeah. Um, this was, you know, I, I, one thing that I will say is that I think that we have been reading, you know, we've read a, Pulitzer Prize winner. We've mm-hmm. read like a classic horror story. Yep. We've read people, since I've been doing the podcast that have been like unbelievably high level. You yeah. Know. Um, I think that this is someone's first ever novel. Yes. Like it's adapted from their short story, et cetera, et cetera. So like why I'm being really fucking harsh on it. And I do think that it was a shit book. Basically. I am aware of the fact that this is someone's first novel. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think you've got to take that into account, right? Like, that you have to say... And I think that's why I'm saying I think that there's a seed here. I, I will be uh-huh. interested to read this person's next novel, or maybe their next novel, because I think that they could write something good. Um Weirdly, the reaction to this book seems to have been pretty positive online. When I uh, I read around, you know, I looked yep. online, I, I saw like a Reddit thread about it, I read it on Twitter, people have responded very positively. I don't personally understand why, um, but there we go, that's that. 
Yeah, I mean... I wish the author all the best. I just never want to read this book again. Fair enough. So, here's here's my, like, yeah, assessment of this book. If I'm a, if I'm a doctor of fiction, which I'm barely qualified to even joke about, um, <laughs> it's, it's a couple things. One, this book tries to do too much. Um, I think Rumfit tries to put too much into it. Um the the fascism the all of the trans stuff um all of the horror stuff there's just there's there are too many meta themes that she is trying to pack in here and pack a very clear um message behind and none of it works well um and it certainly doesn't work when you try to mash all this together in some sort of sausage of a book. Um, and, but I find the, all of these themes really intriguing at different points in, in the book. I found this, this idea. And part of this is, is, is my own thing coming to this, um, coming into this book. So I had to teach kids, um, sex ed session, um, about consent and um, one of the things that I really wanted to hone in on um, with this group was um, where is the, the sort of line between like being uncomfortable and exploring intimacy for the first time and uh, what is like I'm not comfortable and I don't want to engage in this activity or go f- further or whatever it is. And so this this idea of of sort of like identifying in the moment, you know, your different boundaries um, was really interesting to me. And so I had this coming into into the the book and then this this idea that both um, of the characters thought that the others um, sexually assaulted them. And then you have this like the the influence of the, the haunted house. So I had this like confluence of ideas that I found kind of really engaging. Um yeah, then the, we've already talked about the fascism thing, um, and that didn't really pan out. And then you had the relationship stuff um, that was in here. I forget what Alice's um, friend was, uh, where they they went to the party a few times, and the uh, where he's cutting the girl. yeah he yeah he's he's cutting her. You know th- that somehow relates then to Isla, um, and and all of it kind of comes together, but it never really uh, it never really synchronizes. And so what I think has happened here is, yes, it is a a debut novel. And the first novel that I wrote is absolute hot garbage and it will forever sit on a drive somewhere just waiting to be deleted. Um, (laughs) And that's that's what it deserves. That's that's uh, it's fine. Um, But this required a, a good editor Um and a discerning publisher. And I, I think Rumfit probably didn't benefit from either. This, this novel should have received a lot of, uh, a lot of cutting. Um, and a good editor, um, you know, good, good readers could have told her concisely um, what needed, or them concisely, what needed to come out of um, this book. And yeah, I don't think enough of, enough of that happened. And I agree with you. I think... Uh, a second or third novel is is going to probably be materially better. Um, I won't read it because of this one, but um, yeah, I, uh, 
it sucked, but like there were things that I saw, like if this were a student, you know, I would, I would really hone in on a couple of these themes and say like, cut these two things, focus on this. You know, there's some, there's some great moments in, in here. Um, there's some great sensory writing, but then when you get into the, the sort of meta analysis of all of these topics, it's like, just go fuck off. Like, this is not what this novel needs. Oh, it was, yeah, it was just all too squished. I think the sausage analogy was pretty good because it's just, it's all the the gristle and the assholes and the fucking yep. ear ends. Yep. It was just, it, if it had been like a horror story through the trans lens, it might have been one thing, but like to make it a horror story through the trans lens combating the gender critical side of things. Like, it was just too muddled to be, uh, to be interesting, to yeah. be honest, like, to to hold the attention. So, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I have nothing else to say. Okay. You? Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I've said, I've said what I, what I needed to say about this book. And, yeah, I would just say that. I, I would be so interested in in yeah reading more on in this theme on the podcast like the the specifically like the, the gender identity and and trans um, stuff because again that's something that I'm actively trying to learn about for my work um, same and, 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 not for my work but just yeah. trying to actively learn about and I think that's one of the things that I found disappointing too is that I wanted I picked this because it was a trans author and I thought wow that'd be really cool because it'll give us like a, a perspective on the haunted house that we won't have had before yeah and yeah I just, I just it was a bad book and <laughs> yeah but have you ever read um, have you ever read Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides no oh my god uh it is it's it's dense but it is fantastic um we can we, we should uh we should chat about maybe doing that sometime um it's okay it's really really good um he ties in like all of these uh the, this like trans experience um of this uh, this character in with like greek mythology and it's just it, this whole interwoven mess of um of just wonderful like discovery of yeah who who you are and how that can change um throughout your life and that was a transformative book for for me um and yeah i i, I had hoped for some more insight in, in this book and i got none yeah yeah same um so, so we got to do a thing with this um we, yeah. we gotta we gotta toss it we gotta put it on a shelf uh bottom middle or top shelf um it is your book i will give you the honors i have a feeling toss I- it it's it's obvious i i wouldn't I, like i wouldn't put this book on a bookshelf i'm glad i bought a digital copy uh it's probably the only book that i will ever delete from my digital library put it like that like yeah um you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I don't think I've tossed a book since uh, Fifty Shades um, and Asimov before that, and maybe China Melville, um, which I, I now regret a little bit having read something um, a, 
materially worse in some similar vein of uh <laughs> of horror um and uh yeah yeah no this this gets deleted from my kindle i recommend it to nobody um if you're listening to this episode and you haven't bought the book yeah it's it's rough i i, I did not uh i i read a few reviews on like on um goodreads and stuff too and Man, I just didn't see what other people saw in this. So, do, do you know what I'll say is like buy the book, read it, make your own mind up because like buying people's first books is how we get people to their second book and their third book, and uh, the industry has changed a lot. Fair, so, like, fair point. Book, fair point. Read it, and then. I mean, fucking hell! I hope you disagree with us. I hope you're like this is a fucking life changing book, and it was brilliant, and I loved it. Um, and maybe there'll be people out there who'll find that, but it is not me, and it is not Ryan. No, unfortunately. Um, speaking of, yeah. normally this is this would be a good point to say, like, if you did read this book or you do read this book and you disagree with with us, um, you can tweet at us. But instead, um, because I believe that Elon Musk is a total asshat, and I completely disagree with uh the way that he's going about this whole twitter thing and uh letting yeah people who were previously banned for horrific things um including cyberbullying be back on that that platform um i would like to pull us off of twitter um so if you would like to give us recommendations um or ideas for episodes give us feedback whatever it is um, we now have a website. You can go to um, betterthebookshelf.com and instead of going to SoundCloud, it will take you to a website with like some fancy shit on it where you can click some things and email us and like listen to episodes. And yeah, it's it's a it's a simple, simple thing. Um, but I'm I'm going to get get us off of Twitter, Rich. <laughs> as, as someone who enjoys Twitter deeply, as it's melting down, I will be there for good. Uh, <laughs> I will be. I will turn out the light as the last one to leave. But uh, I fully support us moving this podcast <laughs> to a nicer, more decent place. Um. Yeah. If if there's any uh if there's any like sense of comfort, um, we never got much engagement on Twitter anyway. No. So, um. But. That is uh that is a thing. Um, one other thing that that is on our website um is you can now donate to the podcast. Um, this is literally something that I that we've never asked for before. Um, I have funded this podcast since two thousand and eighteen. I think is when we first purchased our URLs and uh the web hosting. I've never asked for money before. Um, I don't need your money, but. If you want to support the show, there is a way that you can you can donate um, something to the show. So if you're feeling generous, if uh, you're a longtime listener and you want to drop some spare change in there, it would be very welcome and appreciated. Um, but yeah, don't do it if you don't want to. I don't give a shit. Um, I'm just glad that you need your money. <laughs> give me your money. Uh, no, uh, Like, fuck it. Like, you know. This, this thing will always be free. I'd, I'd always like to say that as long as we can, we won't have any adverts or any nonsense. No, like never. So, um, you know, uh, if you if you want to chuck us a coffee, chuck us a coffee. And if you don't, then crack on, continue listening. Absolutely. Speaking of which, 
Yeah. I we... came up with an incredible... Oh, it's so high-tech what we're going to do now. Okay. I've written a list of books, oh. one to five. Uh-huh. And I'm going to let Ryan pick, because it's nearly Christmas time, so this is like an advent calendar of books. Okay. Uh, I'm going to let Ryan pick. And I mean, I think there's some doozies on there, man. Okay. I think there's some doozies on there, yeah. Um... So can I can I switch the game up a little bit? Could I oh. could I suggest that um I pick a number to eliminate a book until I get to the last two? Yeah. And then I well, pick, and then what happens in the last two? And then I'll pick the one I, I pick the one that I want to do, I want to read. Oh, okay. So right, I'll right. I'll pick Jeez, I'll pick fuck. 3 to 3 to eliminate and you tell me what they are. Right. And then when I get do to it. the last two um then I'm I'll, excited. I'll pick. Okay. Um, sorry for calling an audible. Um, first book that I want to eliminate is uh, book number two. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, harsh. And that book was Equinox by a friend of the podcast. Oh, David my Townsend. God. I literally uh, have it on my desk. Are you kidding me? We will. I, I've literally I've got it over here next to me. We will have Dave on the podcast at some point. And I think we'll probably do something a little bit different where we'll have him on to chat to and talk about the process of writing the book rather than review it. But that will be something for the future. Holy okay, shit. I am deeply. No, this is literally the only book that's on my desk right now. I'm st- I've been staring so, at it the whole episode too, too late mate you wanted Fuck. to change the fucking rules didn't this you? is this is so much more brutal than i thought it was gonna be okay fine <laughs> um then we'll eliminate the other even number and i will eliminate book number four okay well that was the seven moons of mali almida mother by... ah, i want to read that book too <laughs> <laughs> oh dear oh my god okay. okay well okay this gives me hope then that your your other three um, are also good books. Well, no, I think I think you deleted the two good ones. The rest. No way! Shit. Come on, <laughs> tell me that's not true. Okay, um, I get rid of one. Oh, okay, right. interesting though. So I I wanted to do a um a YA novel and okay. just because it's a classic, I'd chosen what's called Northern Light in the UK, and I uh, think you would know as the Golden Compass yep, in the US. I've never read Philip Pullman. Philip Pullman. God damn it, Ryan. You've ruined it for all of us. Okay, so we're into the final two. So I'll read them out, and then you'll pick. Is that the plan? No, I'm going to pick the number three or five, and then it's going to be one of those two. Like, we're going to we're gonna go full advent calendar here. This feels like a long way to go. Anyway. I just yeah. wanted to know what they all were in a fun and fashionable way, Rich. Give me this. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick book number three. Okay, well, that's worked out well for Rich, that has. Do you want to know what number five was? Yeah. Tender is the Flesh by Augustine Bastianini. I don't know what that book is. I literally don't know what that is. It's a book about eating people. Okay, well, um, you know, we passed Thanksgiving, so... um... (laughs) So, what we've ended up with, and it has been a long time coming, is... Uh, you have read some Ian Banks. Yes! But you have never read any Ian M. Banks. Yes! So we're going to read Ian M. Banks, The Player of Games, or Player of Games. I can't remember what Amazing. Called. We were just talking about this, like, last That's night. That's why I wrote it down, mate. That's why I wrote it down. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, this, this worked so out. I was I really, deeply I disappointed. number three would be the first to get eliminated, and it wasn't. So, you know, it just goes to show you can't put yourself in someone else's brain fucking fantastic okay this worked out i was really sad about 
all of the three books that I eliminated like deeply. Man, Rich, you put together a hell of a hell of a list there. Maybe this is the way we do it going forward, baby. Like it's all advent calendar all year long. Okay, yeah, I, I, we could we could do this for you know the holiday season. We have to do an episode together um, when you're here, when you're here we visiting. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. why why not rekindle the magic? I could even oh. like have have the books <laughs> wrapped and then make you unwrap them. Oh like, man, I can. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. I'm excited. Okay. So, next book is The Player of Games by Ian M. Banks, which who have, or whom I have never read before, which will be yeah. fantastic. Um, I'm a huge, huge Ian Banks, Ian M. Banks fan, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to getting Ryan's input on uh, a culture novel. I'm I'm super I'm super excited. I mean, I already know he's a fantastic writer, so it's just yeah. Right. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, cool. And then our next episode after that will be the first episode that Rich and I do in person together. He will be in Switzerland visiting me. Um, That's true. Yeah. And that'll be the first episode we do sit in each other's laps. Uh, yeah. How are we going to? It's going to have to be like, you know, one knee. It can't be full lap because I like to look you in the eye while we're doing this. <laughs> We go the mics between us. I sit on your lap, facing you. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, okay, like, like you're sitting backwards in a chair. At the I get halfway it. point. Uh huh. We, we're gonna need to like do this outside because I'm gonna overheat real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's we'll gonna just, be sweaty. We'll sit in the uh, snow. It's gonna be icy and uh, and snowy <laughs> here, so. Uh, I'm I'm not going to say that this is how it's going to go, but I'm pretty sure that the next podcast is going to be a little bit tipsy. Oh, oh it is. Yeah, it's going to be boozy. Um, is that okay for? Is that okay for that episode? I wonder. Yeah, of course it is. It's yeah. Christmas. Okay, All right. fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, um, thank you for listening to this episode. Next episode will be Ian M. Banks, the player of games. Until next time. Peace out, mofos.